Welcome back to your favorite podcast, Banecdotes. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night. Doesn't matter when you're listening to this. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Banecdotes with your host, Phil Paxton. And I'm here to talk about all things music-related here in Ontario, the place where I'm from. We talk about metal, screamo, punk, hardcore, anything that's heavy. And I'm here to showcase all the bands that are working so hard, especially during this pandemic. I'm very excited. I'm having a good day today. I hope you are too. I've booked my vaccination, and hopefully by the time that this podcast comes out, I've already had my first shot. So I am very excited. I am. I'm. I'm feeling good because you know things are things are on an upward momentum. You know, we. I want to see shows potentially by the end of the year. That would be awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. And if you haven't already, make sure you check out my bands. I play in a band called Sinner, which is like a blackened hardcore thing, which is probably the best way we could describe ourselves. And you can find that at sinnerculture.bandcamp.com. You can check out my other band called Hellbent, which is kind of like a silly thrash punk um, hardcore. We talk about weed a lot, lots of weed-related songs. Uh, you can check that out with hellbentmusic.bandcamp.com. And I'm also in another project called Druid, where you can totally check out all our stuff on all the streaming platforms, you know, Spotify, Apple Music. You, sh- you should be able to find Druid, Druid of Death. Uh, we have an EP out right now. We have lots in the works for new music. I hope you guys are having just as good as a day as I am, because things are flying high here at the Banecdotes headquarters, the the Banecdotes headquarters. That doesn't really roll off the tongue. I'm going to need to come up with a better name. Or if you have a better name for my dome for where I broadcast from, shoot me an email. Like, subscribe. Don't forget to rate and review. Follow. Check us out on Instagram at Banecdotes. That's B-A-N-D-E-C-D-O-T-E-S. And shoot me an email. Banecdotes at gmail.com. Let's get talking. Let's get going. All right. So my guest for today is none other than Trevor Zyberth from Sons of Butcher. Now, if that name doesn't ring a bell, hopefully this will jog your memory. Sons of Butcher is a cartoon joke band, I guess you can call it. That's like a rock band that were they aired they had a cartoon that aired on Teletoon back in like the 2000s era which i was totally watching when i was that age teletoon had all the cartoons i love cartoons i'm a huge simpsons fan uh so i watched a lot of cartoons and yeah sons of butcher is a really unique show they uh they animate their faces they kind of like they shoot the actual footage of their face and then they put them on their animated bodies which is rad and trevor even mentioned that they have some new stuff coming up in the works some potential you know new um sons of butcher tv stuff which is super excited so i'll let him talk about that i'll let him get into that and i should mention give you a little bit of a precursor pre-warning that the beginning of the interview you'll hear this weird clicking noise i was having some audio issues at the beginning of our interview Uh, i fixed it Uh, my audio isn't the greatest at the end of the interview but we get it done Um, that being said i did 
get some upgrades for the podcast today. So I'm looking forward to getting a new mic. So yeah, awesome. And I'm going to get the show started off with a brand new song from Sons of Butcher. They put it out on an Earth Day split EP with the Cheesebergens. Uh, all the proceeds and downloads go to the Coalition for Rainforest Nations. Uh, for more information on this charity organization and the effective work that they do, please visit rainforestcoalition.org. So yeah, here it is. This is their song called If a Tree Falls here on Banecdotes.
Hey, Trevor, thanks for doing this for me. I really appreciate it. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. How, uh, how's the pandemic been treating you? It's been okay. Um, I, I, I've been working through it because uh, I've worked in TV and TV seems to carry on throughout with all the protocols. But anytime I get locked down, I've been recording a ton of new demos and working on uh, all various projects, Sons of Butcher related. Right on, right on. Yeah, so uh, Sons of Butcher put out uh, Lockdown in Steeltown in June of last year. Have Since like the pandemic doesn't feel like it's going to end anytime soon, have you guys written any more pandemic-related tunes since? Yeah, there's a handful of new songs. I'm doing a Ricky Butcher solo record, uh, another one. Um, the first one was Fuck the Album. And it was like <laughs> kind of a joke record. It was like 20, 20 minutes long with like 20 tracks or whatever. <laughs> and uh, but the next one is going to be like a full album. And yeah, I think some of the songs definitely still are touching on like pandemic themes. Like there's a song called I Just Want to Play a Show Again, you know, stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's like you can't help but write about it when you're stuck at home for 14 days or whatever, <laughs> like every so often. It seems like every job I do at some point, you're, you're stuck at home again for two weeks. So it's like, all right, I guess go back to writing and then end up with all these uh, great new uh, demos. Yeah. Uh, did you guys end up, did you guys track that uh, record like separately from each other? The lockdown in steel town. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we all did it remotely. Like I would send the tracks to the guys and they'd do their parts and send it back. And, and uh, we did it all remotely. And it was weird. Even the video was like, the, the videos were mostly just, me or we did them over zoom so it was like weird <laughs> <laughs> so yeah sons have been active since 2004 uh did you guys play any bands uh previously how did you get into yeah. playing music yeah like me and my brother were always in these bands uh growing up like jay used to sing and we were in a band called like wrench and like blacklist and all these like high school bands and then ultimately we had this band called holy joe where i was a drummer and my brother played bass and with my cousin singing and we did that for ever played all the Hamilton venues and really like cut our teeth on that project and playing live. And then we all had like, you know, solo projects. Dave was doing the band chore. Of course, they're like uh, local heroes from Hamilton and influential uh, band. We, I love them. And so we'd always, that's sort of how we all were on the same scene and we went to college together. So we're all kind of always working together musically in some so format, even with our own, bands playing together and so it was kind of like a cool community at the time um but yeah mostly my brother and i've always been in various bands like ever since we were old enough to play instruments like you know 13 14 we started making cassettes you know one of the first bands was called head injury <laughs> you know always been music going on with us what have been uh, some of your favorite ontario bands within the last year or so what has caught your attention uh, Revive the Rose, um, they definitely caught my attention with their 80s cover because I did the same cover in my other band, Moonlight Desires, and it was just awesome to hear another band do it, and they did it really well. Like I loved it. So I got into them and really dig their their sound. I was even trying to maybe drum for them uh, at some point, just even just to jam it out because it would be super fun. And uh, Otherwise, lots of great metal bands from Toronto, like Astroth Incarnate and Iomare and uh, Blood Moon Collective, and then, of course, Dunville. Don Vale is like one of my favorite bands of all time, but they're super elusive and don't play very often. But I get to work with Mitch. He usually produces all of our uh, projects basically now in his studio out there. But yeah, really cool music scene happening here. Dead Tired from Hamilton. Awesome. Dirty Nil, of course. Love their new record. 
It's just like everyone is uh, seems to be producing tons of content now with the, all this new time on their hands and inability to play live. <laughs> Everyone's getting creative. Yeah, yeah, and let, let, I, we got to give a shout out to Andy for definitely hooking us up for making this interview happen. Yeah, he's awesome. Really cool dude. I'm looking forward to uh, collaborating with him on something. Make some kind of hybrid project with him at some point. That's super uh, cool. Yeah, he's a fun dude to write with. He's a jack of all trades too. He can uh, he can play drums. He can sing. He can play guitar. Yeah, he's got a great voice, and I love his drumming. Like when I was learning some of the revive songs, I'm just like, I was texting him like, I love who, like who's drumming these parts are amazing. It's like, oh, it's him. I was like surprised. It's like holy shit, he does it all. It's awesome. Did you say you also drum? Like you said you were trying to drum for Revive the Rose. Yeah, I, I, drumming was like my first instrument. Uh, back in the day and so like i like to still drum i drum on all the demos for for like our stuff and in some cases i drum on the, the songs in studio as well and so when i was learning uh like andy i guess uh, they needed a drummer for a show so he asked me if i could maybe fill in i was like yeah i'm gonna do it so i learned all this shit and it was starting to sound pretty good and then i think some work came up and i wasn't able to do the show after all so i still haven't actually jammed with them yet but i'd love to True, true, true. Awesome. So let, let's talk a bit about the show. Uh, when I was in high school at the time, it was come, it was out, and I definitely was watching it at the time. And I definitely remember you guys coming to St. Catharines. And I, I yeah. couldn't believe it. My mind was blown. Um, <laughs> I wasn't aware at the time that, like, the, the show was coming out, like, that you guys are from Hamilton. Like, yeah. I, I never put that together, the Steel Town thing. Like, yeah, it's so yeah. obvious now when I go back and watch it. But yeah. like, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sure you get asked this all the time, but how did the show come about? Um, well, I went to college with Dave. And so we always were shooting like stupid skits and videos. And in one of the videos, the character has some kind of flashback or something. And in the flashback, it's like these characters. And it was like literally like me and Dave put on these wigs and we're just like out of thin air, like, okay, we're these butchers. Okay, you're the dad, I'm the son. We got this place, uh, butcher and son quality meats. And like, we just like came up with this stupid idea. But then we kept on adding to it and going, okay, so they're into like, a, they're like butchers by day, rockers by night. So they have like this band. And then we started writing the joke songs that would be like the band songs. And then it just kept escalating. And so well, why don't we like try playing a show as this fake band? And so we started doing that dressing up and and playing like covers as well as like stupid uh joke originals and then it just kept on going until like it started to formulate into like we could make this into some kind of a, a skit or tv show and i was working at red green at the time so i met max smith who's red green's son and he was looking to do something creative and he liked this whole concept so with him we started joining forces and determined that we would try to do this weird video head cartoon body kind of thing and so we just like tried it out and it was super ghetto. Like we had like a barrel as the tripod and like a ping pong table as the green screen. And like, I think we maybe even painted our bodies green screen and shot the thing like that. And then once we like did the proof of concept, it started to become apparent that it looked pretty cool and nobody was really doing that look. So we just kept forging ahead with that. And uh, even though the early demos weren't like the funniest things ever for sure uh teletoon was still like okay we like the look of this like it's a cool weird look and we like the original music factor so they kind of like were on board yeah that's super cool like they're like here's 10 here's some money like uh make a, a full episode and every time they would watch it they'd be like 
okay, yeah, it's uh, it looks awesome, but you know, it's not not super funny uh, <laughs> every time. <laughs> it's just so funny. So um, yeah, it's kind of how it came about. It was just like random skits in college. Kept at it. Kept kept playing shows, etc. <laughs> That's so cool. I, I, I love it. Yeah, the animation style of uh, like it's super unique. I'm not even sure if like I've seen a show like that ever even even since. Yeah, I thought that by now I would have saw that format come back with like a video head, but no one's really done it the way we did anyway. And with our since like it took us a long time to get the rights back to the show, like a, a decade. But when we finally got the rights back, we decided we we're going to try to make it ourselves. And so we started a Patreon. And people have been helping us make this episode and it's taken over a year, but we have one finished like new episode that we're going to use to like pitch with and hopefully get another series. But right now it's just an episode and we decided to make it all video heads. So that way we can use more talent and we got like BA Johnson in the show and we got like some awesome voice actors that we met and they're amazing and all like, you know, friends and family and whoever whoever the hell we want now can be in the show even like big bands and it opens it up to just like having whoever instead of just three characters and then a bunch of uh cartoon character heads now it's just like whoever so it's kind of cool <laughs> get guest stars and everything hopefully <laughs> that's super cool now when sun started uh, i i heard rumors that you guys like served deli trays at your show how long did that go for before it became out of hand we always uh, we always made sure to do that at every show, do like a big meat tray and Saul would have the wireless mic and he would go into the audience and be still singing, dancing and handing out rolled up meats <laughs> and pepperettes and it was all good. But then it started to be like we would start getting the meat thrown back at us, which is awesome, but also uh, painful if it was a pepperette. So it's like after a while, we just like couldn't handle the uh, the meat trays. And then we ended up just doing it for special shows like hometown Hamilton shows. We would definitely have a giant meat tray. And probably going forward, we'll probably keep that tradition going with the new uh, Ricky Butcher solo band. Probably <laughs> keep throwing wieners into the crowd. <laughs> That's great. Now, now, for those who don't know, you and your brother have a side project called Moonlight Desires, where you cover popular 80s new wave songs and to turn them into rock anthems. What are some of the 80 songs that you have yet to cover? Um, I'm looking to cover some more like Kim Mitchell songs and do some more, of course, Gowan songs, uh, keeping it Canadian. Even like Corey Hart's got some other ones to explore. And then otherwise, like I've already started like demoing the next album. It's going to have like Billy Idol and um, the Cars, you know, stuff like this. Um, you Belong to the City is going to be on it. It's going to be very like gritty, like, city album i think I'm gonna, it's gonna be called hamiltonian spiritus uh based off of ominous spiritus from strange animal gowan's uh, awesome song and i'm gonna also make that track one i love that that tune and and gowan is also an awesome dude who i've got to meet through all this process is uh is like really more than i could have ever asked for in starting this project you know <laughs> that's super cool um, so lastly, before we get into some anecdotes with each other, as someone who clearly has a passion for the decade, what are some of your favorite moments of growing up in the 80s? And how different do you think those moments would be for someone growing up today? Oh, yeah, man, the 80s. Like, I mean, there was just so much more uh, time spent on being creative because you didn't have uh, the instant access of the, the phone and the internet and all that. So it's a lot of like, and that's why those 80s songs always 
resonated so much because you'd be spending a lot of time just hanging out in the backyard and listening to the 80s on the radio and that's all you had was was that and then of course all the cassettes my parents would have were 80s cassettes and so we'd be cranking those and so like that's like one of my favorite memories just and then of course i don't know why but like 80s music is still always played at like walmart and like shoppers and stuff like you're still hearing these songs so it's like it always takes me back there but it was awesome not having a phone like and having to you know meet up with people and plan to like you know pick people up and and like one guy would just get in the car and we'd be picking you know all the kids up and i don't know it's just like a simpler time and that's why that moonlight desires band is just like something i'll always do because it's just like a great break from the current you know bullshit it's just like takes me back to a awesome time you know like i love all the 80s aesthetic hope to include that in some of our new videos and just keep on keep on trying to bring the 80s to the current just getting it heavy rocking it out a bit making it sound like hamilton's uh dipped dipped all over it moonlight desires should totally put out a vhs yeah yeah we did a a cassette release of of uh, just the hits and we uh actually researched it by going to like um I can't remember where we got the cassette, Value Village or something. And uh, we looked at the most 80s cassette we could find. And then we based it on that. Like everything right down to like the gray paint on the cassette. <laughs> and just the way the cover's laid out where like the actual cover is smaller. And then they like have the like song titles listed. You know, I love all that, sh- that stuff. It'd be crazy though. Yeah, VHS of like a live show or like a, if Moonlight could do a live stream, that would be a great uh, release. Put it out on VHS. Yeah, that'd be tight. Yeah, we were trying to do something cool with the last release. It was at the movies and EP. It was all just like movie uh, themes and whatever from the eighties. Yeah. We wanted to we wanted to sell that like in like a big thing of popcorn, and like include all the like you know eighties film trimmings. Serve it in like a huge, uh, big clamshell VHS case. You know, <laughs> like, a, like a little USB inside or something.
some of the wildest stories from being in a band like being on the road or in the studio or anything in between yeah our, our band has some like crazy stories for sure because of the nature of the uh you know the, it's like a cartoon you're seeing a cartoon live so like we'd always have like you know stage props and uh hanging meats and in the early days we had like cow skulls glowing cow skulls as the as the uh microphone stand no. it was like glow smoke and all this shit we actually spent uh, $10,000 on a uh, giant sign, like a giant Sons of Butcher sign. It was steel frame, had the wood letters cut out and this big steel skull and it had a fan and it would blow like, blow the flames up. And so we're like, oh, let's get this on tour. And it was like the heaviest goddamn thing like anyone's ever had to lift. So we, and we're like, well, we can justify it because this tour we're doing is gonna culminate in a show in Toronto, which is ultimately our live tour special. So we thought, okay, we'll invest in this sign. Teletoon's given us money to do it. It's like a promotional tour. So we're going to spend 10 grand on the sign as long as we get it to Toronto in the end and have it be like the focal point of the stage. And so we started out with good intentions and we did, I don't know, four or five shows. I don't even, don't, don't even know if we made it out of Ontario. And we just started it's like, oh man, the sign is way too heavy, man. Like I'm going to start not wanting to bring it in. And then by the time we got to BC, I think we decided like we can't, we can't bring the sign in anymore. Like it's going to kill someone. It's so dangerous, you know, putting it up every night, like fuck it. So then we just left it in the van and we were, we were actually touring in a tour bus at the time. 
but we were also towing a van because the van was going to be a part of like this tour special, like the sketches and stuff that we would shoot, but still not worth towing it across Canada in my mind. It was like, Oh my God. So we ended up just putting it in the van that was towed behind the tour bus. And then in the, in the end, we all flew home from the tour bus because we had to get to the show in Toronto. And I just hoped that that sign would make it back in time. And then, of course, we get a call from the tour bus driver, and that van had just popped off the back of the tour bus somewhere around Thunder Bay and just drove into a ditch or some shit, never to be seen. And then <laughs> we were just like, what the fuck? So we are like, calling, like, the highway police. Like, we need to find this van. Like, it's got our sign in it for the show. <laughs> like, we got to get it here. And, of course, it never made it to Toronto. And we did the live tour special. That was the Mop and the Mod Club uh, tour special from 2006. And we just did the show without it. But, like, what a drag. Like, $10,000 on this sign. This amazing, immaculate sign that never, ever made it to TV. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that was one of our, like, follies, you know, doing the show without really knowing what we're doing. You know, we never really done anything before. So, we're just like, ah, oh, I'll spend ten grand on the sign. <laughs> like, that was stupid. But also, like, I mentioned the stage props. And we had, like, a lot of, like, fake blood. We were doing some some stupid skits with fake blood and when we played Algoma University in Sault Ste. Marie um, we got ripped after I think they closed the bar and kicked everyone out but they let us stay and drink and we were staying on campus so of course we got into the fake blood and it was like let's create a murder scene so I think that we created this huge elaborate murder scene with all the blood everywhere like on the walls <laughs> and on the floor and steps and like footprints and of course, in the morning, we got the security knock on the door. They're like, we saw everything. Like, we saw the whole incident. Like, you guys have to pay for this blood removal. We know it's fake blood and like all this shit. But it was like insane at the time. Like, like we just had to dole out like a few hundred dollars in cash. But what a stupid thing to do, right? <laughs> what can we do with this fake blood at 3 a.m. and we're all ripped? I got a couple other uh, anecdotes. Um, one was that when we got canceled, uh, the fans were really pissed off. And so they started sending in uh, meat to Teletoon, like raw meat. <laughs> to be like, show how pissed off, like, we're not going to stop sending this raw meat until you, like, put the show back on the air kind of thing. And it was, like, hilarious. And we thought it was funny because I guess they're, uh, in the U.S. there was a peanut mailing campaign for some TV show that got canceled. And then the, the show ended up getting renewed based on that. So they took that and used it with the, the same idea but with meat. And it culminated in uh, a actual cow heart being sent with like a note written in blood. That, and uh, the, some woman opened it and it's just like, oh my God, like what a day that would be, right? Open up the mail and it's <laughs> rotting, rotting cow heart. It's like, put the show back on or else, which, oh my God. So at that point, <laughs> at that point we, uh, we got a stern warning from Teletoon to call the fans off if possible, even though... Um, we didn't tell them to do it in the first place but yeah i mean that was pretty awesome i mean that's that's as good as it gets and then later on on twitter years later i we saw on twitter that the actual girl who worked there tweeted about the time she opened it up and it was a raw rotten cow heart because she was uh, just commenting on shows that have come back recently because fans are crazy about them and that was one of her stories <laughs> it's like oh yeah like that's the actual girl and then we like tweeted at her we're like hey we're the band like we'd love to make it up to you give us your address and we'll send you like a t-shirt and i'm thinking she'll never give me her address she'd think that we'd send her another cow heart <laughs> <laughs> so of course she declined so 
And then one other little story for you. Last one is uh, Teletoon wanted us to play like a showcase for the for the network to be like who's Sons of Butcher. So show a trailer, and then we like bust out and play live in spandex and all the rock and roll glory. So they headed to this Niagara on the Lake hotel, and we were supposed to just rock it out in this ballroom. And I got like a free cube truck from work from the Red Green Show. I was borrowing it because we didn't need the space, you know, all the amps and whatnot and drums. And then, of course, I don't know, maybe I was baked. I don't really know what happened, but I loaded up the gear and went to Niagara. We got there and I didn't load up the fucking drums. <laughs> so <laughs> we had to like quit. Like we just kept having to like, uh, what are we going to do? Uh, keep like, you know, making them wait and just go, okay, it's going to be any minute now. We're like calling our friends, like anyone available to go pick up these fucking drums and like bring them to this venue in Niagara. And luckily my buddy Carl at the time, was home and was able to do that and he went and he got the drums and he drove the straight to niagara on the lake and the whole time we're just like oh any minute now we're just getting ready like we're just tuning it up getting ready and the, the drums are on the way and then they finally show up and we load them in like crazy and get them set up within the 10 minutes and then we're like okay we're good now and then we just start fucking playing it was crazy man and it went over really well you know it, it went it went well uh, it turned out good but man what a stressful uh moment that was yeah, I can only imagine. That's yeah. great. Uh, what's what's one what of your go-to ga- gas station snacks while you're on the road? Um, well, I like those bad gyros. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are great. I'm like a weirdo. I like the like bagged sandwiches, even though I know they're like totally not good for you. They're just weird and awesome. They're like in like a weird state where they just like this cold sandwich has probably been there for two weeks, but somehow it's just like, just what you need. <laughs> but I mean, okay. if it's ga- gas, stations generally, I mean, it's, if you're talking like on route or something, there's all those fast food options, but yeah, I always go for the, I think the bag sandwich is the, the fail safe. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Pretty, pretty low brow, but I mean, whatever <laughs> uh, I'm into it. Right on, right on. Well, you know what? I think that wraps up this episode of Banecdotes. Thank you so much, Trevor, for taking the time to do this for me. Anyway, um, my pleasure, my pleasure. Where can the listeners find uh, your band social medias at? Well, we have a sonsofbutcher.bandcamp.com and also rickybutcher.bandcamp.com as well as moonlightdesires.bandcamp.com. And, of course, we're on all the platforms. And Sons of Butcher actually has a brand-new single coming out this month for Earth Day, so April 22nd, and it's a uh, – it's a cover, Bruce Coburn cover of If a Tree Falls. And it's a split release with this band, the Cheesebergens from California, who's this like family band. And they have a song called Mr. Earth Day. And so it's going to be this cool split release thing. We've never done that before. Oh, yeah. And our handle is at the real sobs. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Sometimes I forget that. <laughs> yeah. So it should be cool. New, and we got a new video. It's a 360 video. So it's like me, Saul, and Doug performing this song in a room and it's all one shot and so you can you know it's like we joked around like we use mars rover technology to shoot this video it's like, nice. like the mars rover you can just like pan around while we play so that's coming out soon too that'll be cool if people are looking to watch the show uh where would they be able to watch it like could they watch they, they can watch it on youtube right yeah, like pretty much all the back episodes are on YouTube. Um, there's a Sons of Butcher YouTube as well as a Massive Explosion YouTube that we also have some skits on. And that's just like youtube.com slash Massive Explosion. And, so, and the other one, and the Sons of Butcher one, I don't think we have an official name. We don't have enough people to, 
to have a proper YouTube name, I guess we're getting there still. But uh, we also have a Patreon and there's like a ton of content on there. Like we released our new episode on there just recently. And eventually it'll be on our Facebook, um, which I believe is at The Real Sobs. And we'll be posting that hopefully in the next couple months and gauge people's reactions to the new new version. Like the backgrounds are like way, way awesome. Like our, our background artist has just gotten so good at what he does. And, and it's just kind of cool to have BA involved. And we're a huge fan. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping the fans are on board with this new look and all the uh, video heads, so many video heads. <laughs> but it's the same old, uh, same old people doing it. So if you like the old shit, you should like the new stuff too, hopefully. Lots of new music coming. Yeah. That's awesome. So we're going to end the show with Speaking Moistly. Right on, man. Right on. Thanks for joining me today. Cheers, man. Thanks. Wash our hands. Cough into our elbows. These are the things, the things we know. Yeah. If people want to wear a mask, that is okay. These are the things, the things we know to prevent you from speaking moistly. awesome well thank you for listening to another episode of anecdotes the song i played in the middle there was by moonlight desires and that was their cover of don't you forget about me obviously from most iconic movie from the breakfast club right right on i'm gonna get going my D group is waiting eagerly as i do this podcast <laughs> don't forget to like and subscribe rate and review give us a follow Check us out on our Instagram where you can get all our updates. That's Bannock, at Banecdotes, B-A-N-D-E-C-D-O-T-E-S. And if you want to be a part of the show or if you got a single coming out, 
and you're from Ontario, shoot me an email, banecdotes at gmail.com. Take it easy, folks.